Hey there, Friday Night Movie fans. You are listening to a very special Gamer Comic Expo edition of the Friday Night Movie podcast. In this episode, you will hear from an amazing group of different guests that we met up with at the Expo. Remember to subscribe and listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts. And of course, follow us on social media at FridayNightMoviePod.com on Twitter and Instagram. Enjoy the show. Here we are at the. I use a sorry. I use a regular voice in front of That's people. Right. <laughs> here we immediately. Yeah. Here we are at the <clears throat> Friday Night Movie Podcast booth at Gamer Comic Expo. We have two amazing cosplayers here. One is so great, didn't even have to show up with a costume. The other is one of the featured cosplayers of Gamer Comic featured. Expo. J Nine herself is here, and she brought with her the um, the even butterier voice than me uh gc uh but i'll start ladies first j9 welcome hello thank you for having me it is great to have you saw you on instagram on the when i was watching all the different folks that were coming and you have such a cool cosplay like look and attitude i'm gonna ask i'm gonna ask you all about it in a second But I want to welcome GC because I got to hear those pipes again. GC, welcome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. So you are not dressed <clears throat> as somebody. Well, who do you usually dress as? Um, I'm normally known for doing like uh, Miles Morales, Spider-Man. Okay. Or the Red Hood or really any great DC character that any, you can think of. With good, uh, with good hoods. With Basic, masks. With masks, okay. yes. That's my thing. I'm known for wearing characters with masks. Oh, yeah. Okay. You're a mask guy. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. All right. J9. Yes, sir. Let's break this down. Oh, dear. All right. I think I know who you are today. Mm-hmm. This is this a Lara Croft thing? Yes, it oh. is. All right, that's Yay. a great nice. Lara Croft. Thank you. Thank I'm you. I'm an '80s and '90s kid. Mm-hmm. I know I look so young. Uh, <laughs> not, um, so Lara Croft was a big deal. Um, uh, was a big deal when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assume you're way younger than me and my siblings. <laughs> oh wow. Um, uh, what was um, what drew you to Lara Croft? So I I have three older brothers. I'm the youngest. Ah, okay. It's starting to make more yeah, sense. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be 30 in April. Okay. Yeah, yes. You're. So, <laughs> but I think I. Was, we have a solid decade between us. Stop here. it. I I have older brothers. So my middle brother was the gamer. And I was more of the game spectator. Uh, my sisters played <laughs> the same role in my house. So I think I was, I think I was eight or seven when this this specific version of Lara Croft Tomb Raider came out. So I would watch him play it, and then he would kind of like, and I'm still to this day terrible at video games, but he would set me up on level one. So that was like the mansion. Oh, okay. Where, like her training. Okay, so she doesn't like, have to find anything or decode much. a puzzle. But somehow I always managed to drown her or like <laughs> accidentally jump her off a cliff. Accidentally. <laughs> But at that age, like, I had long, like, the long brown hair, so I would braid my hair and, like, put on my little mini kid backpack, and, like, I lived in upstate New York at the time, so I would, like, run around my woods pretending to be Lara Croft, so I feel like she was probably my first, like, pseudo-cosplay, and I just love, I love the strong, like, female badass character. So, uh, we're going to talk about upstate New York in a second, because I grew up in Montreal, so I spent a lot of time visiting Mm -hmm. upstate New York, but you're talking about, you're talking about badass, and I see a lot of cosplayers as Lara Croft, Mm -hmm. But uh, what I would say that, like, I, I noticed because I, I checked out all your Instagram stuff, like, oh. you are an actual, like, 
badass. You are a you are a fitness competitor. You are yeah, not someone brand who's new, brand you're new not competitor. just someone who like throws on the tank top and the shorts and like takes the good angles. Like you really you really um, are are dedicated to like physical fit, health and fitness. And um, and I mentioned this when we were inviting you on the show. Like I found your Instagram actually really inspiring. Thank you. The way you're encouraging people of different body types mm-hmm. and um, uh, encouraging other people in the fitness world. Mm-hmm. Um, now I am not. I know it looks like I'm a fitness model, <laughs> um, but I'm I'm a recovering uh, junk food champion. Preach. And um, uh, <laughs> and I and I and I did my little curls and things this morning. So I want to, if I can unpack yeah. the, can I unpack the muscle and fitness stuff for just a second? Go for it. Yeah, um, absolutely. So what? How do you stay dedicated to something that like people have to wait like that is hard to do that kind of work Mm. and to have that kind of discipline? Well, with the show, that was my first ever competition. Um, It cost a lot of money. So there was that kind of driving me. Oh, to be um, in the show. To be in the Invested show because there's the show. entry fees, there's the personal training, there's the coaching, there's the groceries. Okay. Because, I mean, if you have to eat what I was eating, I got, like, the best quality. Like, I went to, like, the better stores to get the food. But if you have an end goal and you're investing all this time and money, that was what was driving me. And, honestly, everyone on social media and my family included were motivating the crap out of me to keep going. So, so. that's that's amazing. So, all right, we talk a lot about toxic social media and mm-hmm. things like that. I, I know it exists. It does. I also feel like I found, <clears throat> especially in the con world and in the cosplay world, mm-hmm. there's actually a lot of positivity. Is Absolutely. that, would you guys, yeah. both of you? Definitely. There's definitely more definitely. positive people and a handful of the negative. But as soon as, as soon as you publicly show yourself as a negative person, the cosplay community, I feel like, like it's like an, an army, like yeah, a cosplay basically, army. Yeah, like, how dare immediately. you do this and that? Yeah. And, and then there's all this support out of nowhere. Yeah. So if you say even anything, the slightest bit negative, anything. J9's coming we're, after we're, you. We're coming after you. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 okay. Yeah. With with our rhetoric, not... not with our words, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's amazing. Okay, so GC. Yeah. All right. You you cosplay as Miles Morales. Right. You cosplay as the Red Hood. Red Hood. All right, yeah. okay. Red Hood is a white dude, as far as I know. Uh, in case people haven't noticed by the <laughs> by the dulcet tones, GC is black. Um, something we've talked a lot about with cosplayers <clears throat> that have come on the show is pushing against the the uh, you know the sort of defined predefined look. Do you ever <clears throat> encounter people who give you you know any crap about uh, you know being a black Jason Actually, Todd? I have one time, yeah, one okay. time uh, a couple of years ago. I was at a convention. I forgot the name of it honestly, and I was Red Hood. And I had the helmet on for almost the entire convention. And this guy comes up to me, he wants to take a picture with me. I had no problem with that. So, but I told him I was gonna take a second to take my helmet off because I was really sweaty under there. It's like oh, yeah, my face yeah. and everything, yeah. So I took it off and I hear him go to his friend. He goes, oh, he's not uh, you know, he's not hinting that I'm not the same color that Jason Todd should be. So I asked him, do you still want a picture? He goes, oh, no thanks, I'm, I'm good. And he walks away. Whoa, yeah. that's terrible. And I, in the second, that same second when it happened, I realized why he didn't want to take a picture with me. It hurt. But at the same time, like I'm not gonna let that stop me from cosplaying as a character I want to cosplay as, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So it, it happens. It does happen. I, I think I, I think there's so many different approaches to cosplay. Like, <coughs> oh, I look like the person, so I should. So what is your? How do you guys decide on your character, especially if you pick someone that is not someone who you technically look like? Right. Actually, half, a little more than half of the cosplays I've done, it's because a friend said, "Hey, you'd be a great this isn't this." <laughs> So that's I think usually how it starts. When I yeah. saw Moana, my friend's like, "Oh, <clears throat> you should you should dress up as her." And then a friend of mine, 
I think, saw like a rogue statue at Supercon, like, oh, you should cosplay rogue. Right. And then we had an Avengers group, oh, you should cosplay Maria Hill. So it's like, I feel like if I have someone close to me getting inspired and saying, hey, like, you remind me of that oh, character. Oh, yeah, because these are all That's amazing characters. Yeah. Yeah. These aren't yeah. just like lookalikes. You gotta have the attitude <laughs> to pull mm-hmm. off a rogue. Yeah. You can't just like walk in and put on the blue and the, I assume you did the green and yellow. Rogue? Did. Did you I'll be that Ryan. tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, okay, awesome. Yeah. yeah, you can't just put that in and then not have the attitude to go with it. <laughs> spunk, southern spunk. And and how do you, how do you pick well, your Well, for characters? me, uh, wow. <laughs> I just choose <laughs> any character I want, Did you think it was going to get this deep, deep? I did not, I did not. I, I didn't prepare for this. Um, <laughs> no, for me, it's just, any, I like, I choose a character I haven't seen cosplayed a lot, and I think... I'm gonna do like that. I don't see a lot of red hoods. That's really and, not. But people love the red. They do. Red he's hoods. he's honestly my favorite DC character. So that's that's mainly why I chose him. But um, like I like I said, like I choose characters that I haven't seen cosplay before. Like one of my biggest ones that I do is Static Shock. Do you remember the old cartoon Static Shock? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I cosplayed yeah. him as well. And no, I walk around at a con. And people are like, is that? Is that, is that static? Oh my god, is that static? You know? Ah, so like when like I get getting that cut? reaction, yeah, getting that reaction is like that's why that's why I choose those characters. That, that's that's fantastic. Okay. We're talking about we're talking about just now um, the Red Hood being your favorite character. So now I'm gonna bring you guys into the world. So you're in the Friday Night Movie family now. Mm-hmm. So you are officially my oh. siblings Yay. for oh, this. Thank podcast. you, thank you. Um, <clears throat> and my so one of the, we play a lot of games. We play pop culture games that are essentially growth from our own conversations. One of them <coughs> we play is called Cast Dot 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 Away, meaning you're gonna play. You're gonna be the casting supervisor <laughs> of the Jason Todd okay. Red Hood. I'm ready for this film. The first one. I'm I mean, I'm this. surprised they haven't made it already. By the they way, what a not. killer character. Okay, right. So he's literally, back, literally. <laughs> so he's back from the Lazarus Pit, right? Uh-huh. Isn't that where he's? So he's back from the Lazarus Pit. Right. He's donning the hood, or maybe he's pulling it off for the first time. Which actor, dead, alive, doesn't matter the color, the gender. Well, actually, whatever. have you ever heard of the show Titans? On yes. Do you watch it? I do. Yeah, Jason yeah, yeah. Todd is on the show. He is on the show. So you want like an older, actual Red Hood is what you're asking for. Oh, I'm, that's just up to you. You're making oh, the movie. Oh, here. okay. All right. I mean, <clears> and, and <throat> I and I think that kid is actually one of the best parts of that show. Yes, I agree. Um, uh, and I think he embodies like the Jason Todd I grew up I with. I could not agree more. But no. I don't think that like if they make a movie Jason Todd, like it has to be that particular no, character. No. So who who are you putting in it? Wow. You're saying it's an older character. I love it. Let's let's build that world. Uh, and, and J Nine, you're by the way, jump in at any time if yeah. you want to help cast uh, cast <clears throat> this wow. cast this film. Did not come prepared for this. Okay, um, off the top of my head, See, I walk around with just to be clear, as mm-hmm. I vamp and give you time to think of your ideas for these things. <clears throat> I walk around thinking about this stuff all day, <laughs> and I think that's why we created a podcast, right. so we could just spew these ideas right. out there. I would say I would go for either Tyler Posey or Dylan O'Brien from the show Teen Wolf, if you've ever seen oh, that. Oh, I, I didn't really watch the show, but I'm a big C-dub, right? It's, oh, no, it's not no, it's MTV. MTV. MTV, yeah. MTV. Okay, yeah. So it feels like it should have been C-dub. <laughs> <laughs> so I would choose one of them as older Jason Todd, maybe. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Very, very cool. Wait, which is one of them the Teen Wolf? Uh, Tyler Posey was the actual Teen Wolf, and Dylan O'Brien was his best friend. Styles? Styles, yes. Styles? Yes. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Styles. Again, as a kid from the '80s, like, like yeah. the original Teen yeah, Wolf is of course, cool. of course, it's a big deal. <laughs> All right, J Nine, yes, do you have a character that inspires you the way the Red Hood inspires GC over here? GC, do you want to answer him for me? Um, this is the good. It's like a newlyweds <laughs> thing now. No, no. Uh, let's see, J Nine, do you want to answer this for yourself? 
You should I don't, know me better than that. Wonder I would, Woman. Wonder Woman. Come on, you met me. <laughs> I was, Wonder I was, Woman. I wasn't sure because you're dressed as Laura Croft. I don't yeah, know. But, oh, so now, which Wonder Woman? Seventies, seventies um, <laughs> Wonder Woman or Gal Gadot like Wonder Woman? Little, like, radio yeah, yeah, we're doing, we're taping a podcast like right, right now. now. Yeah. My, my bad. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> It's okay. If we've had we have babies crying during the podcast sometimes. Someone's got a Shih Tzu like they're walking around. Yeah, yeah. So. We got dogs barking when my sisters are at How home. How so. dare they? So I'm the only one who podcasts from an actual silent room in my house. So Wonder Woman, are you a Gal Gadot or are you a 1970s Linda Carter? Linda Carter. Linda, Linda. I think exactly. I'm just Wonder Woman in general fan. Okay. I can't okay. pick because I've done. I've done a couple different versions, so oh, I've done. All right. I've done a couple. You've done a lot. Linda Carter version. I've done a Christmas <laughs> a version. I've done the Gal Gadot version. Oh wow. I want to do the. Was it the not the new Fifty Two? Which one? That version. Oh, you also did the uh, that artist the the artwork one with the oh, jacket. Oh, and then yeah, and then I did a nineteen eighty four. Yeah. Wonder Woman. It was like a custom artwork by. Um, Ruiz Burgos is an artist She in looks Spain. really wow. good at it. Like, it's, it's, it's really literally, great. She's basically wearing a bomber jacket with patches that are all 80s. Yeah. Like That's homage amazing. Ghostbusters. I think I even have um, a gizmo. Who else? Just a bunch of different we're, nostalgic 80s patches. And it came out. Oh, I love it. We're <laughs> also big 80s guys because, uh, big 80s fans on the show because mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you guys watch the Goldbergs. The Goldbergs is like. Uh, it's on my list. It's my favorite TV <laughs> show. It's basically as if if there could it's a show could be about me, it would be that show. But it's about somebody else. Um, okay. All right. So Wonder Woman. All right. Now there is now I think Gal Gadot has done Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to ask you to recast Wonder Woman by any I love means. Her. Yeah, I will. Uh, um, I don't think that can I don't think that can be recast. Um, but if so, if you were to take Wonder Woman and put her in a sitcom. So she is not. This is just like Wonder Woman in the off hours. Maybe she's starting a, you know, opening a video store or a cafe or, you know, what what scenario would you want to see Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman like pitching the sitcom? We're talking multicam, laugh track, live audience, whatever. Like not. I have your, an idea for that. Like that's, a real world scenario that's really cool, with actually. Yeah, 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 that'd be really cool. Exactly. So where are you going to put her? Pitch me that show. I have a really good idea, actually. Go for, tell me. She <laughs> can go for it. Actually, yeah, like imagine, right? An office style show okay. where she joins the Justice League for the first time and it's just based off of her reacting to the man's world for the first time. A lot of off camera stares, like, why are they doing that? Stuff like that, you know? Amazing. So, like, almost like I feel like Leslie Nope, even. Basically, yes. Like, Parks yeah. and Rec, yes. Leslie Nope. She's just trying to get, like, a, like, you know, trying to adjust to the real world, you know? Uh, okay. In that scenario, who do you cast as her um, uh, love interest in the office situation? Like, who is her gym, you know, to her Pam, if you will? And it doesn't have to, funny, I mean, doesn't have to be a superhero. To say John <laughs> hey, that would That's be a good amazing. one, actually. Yeah. First of all, that would be, a, perfect. It'd be a victory to geeky guys everywhere if John Definitely. Krasinski ends up Definitely. with Gal Gadot. Um, <laughs> well, okay. <clears throat> Let me tell the listeners where people can follow you and because you guys are awesome you're thank great you. sports thank you and you are great, i'm sure great co- great cosplayer i'm sure great cosplayer thank you because um, as i've learned from hanging out with cosplayers like it's it's kind of the heart part of it and what's in really really matters it shines through really makes a difference and, and you guys have a lot of heart it's awesome <laughs> um so where can people follow you jayna my main is instagram the letter j the number nine lives Awesome. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, I'm on there. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as Geek Art Cosplay. Geek Art Cosplay. Yeah. Well, 
tremendous having you guys here Thank on you. the Friday Night Movie Podcast. You. you are forever part of the Friday Night Movie family now. <laughs> We will be tagging you guys and encouraging uh, folks to follow you. So thank you for being here. <laughs> thank thank you. you for having us. <laughs> here we are at Gamer Comic Expo with another Friday Night Movie Special Edition. Here we have a gaming journalist, a content creator, a, a special guest of the con. He's covering the con. JJ, also known as Jake James. Can I call you Jake James? Yeah, of course. Right. You can call Mr. Me. Mr. Jake or James. JJ is here. It is a pleasure to have you here. Welcome. Thank you. Appreciate you. Again, you guys got your own little booth. You guys are chilling out. You're having fun. Looks like a lot of people are enjoying themselves out here, and I'm glad to at least say hello. That is what we like to do. We are a family podcast. We want to make sure everybody who sits comes by the booth feels like they are a part of the family. So, JJ, you are now part of the family. I'm a main man now. Let's go. So, okay. We get a suit and the whole nine. Yeah. So, okay. So, so you're a gaming journalist, yes. all right? Um, that is one of your many hats that you wear. Yes. As a gaming journalist, what are the beats that you cover or have covered as a journalist? You're a senior editor now, so. Yes. And uh, where are you, by the way? Right now, uh, as far as website or outlet, I'm the senior editor of thecoalition.com. Right now, I live in around Miramar, you know, South Florida, you okay, know, which cool. is why I'm coming here. You know, it's a lot of these conventions. I've come to a lot of conventions, both in South Florida and Northern Florida, and also going nationally to other states and stuff. But really, a lot of the stuff that I cover is everything involving gaming, but also stuff that's tangential to it, like including okay. gaming-related subjects like, you know, gaming comics, you know, movies, TV shows, anything that mostly gamers oh, or otakus we're gonna, we're gonna are into. We're going to have a lot of fun. We, again, it's pretty much, you know, tangential to it. It's very similar to it, so it's stuff that I'm into, you know, a lot of other people are into, so I love talking about it. It's just fun. Okay, so since I know you cover this stuff, I'm going to accuse, I'm going to, I want to go, I want to get understand the business of all this here. I want to understand right. the stories that are out there in okay. the industry. So there's a couple of stories that I've seen recently. Um, in particular, this issue of loot crates. Have yes. you covered that at all? Loot boxes. Loot really. boxes, mm -hmm. sorry. I don't know. Loot crate I, is a totally, that's a company I, that went under. <laughs> so all I know is that, all I know is that video games when I was little, you got the cartridge. Yeah. You played. Mm -hmm. You had friends over. Of course. They played too. Um, and then I tuned into video games many years later and I play some games. But then I suddenly, like, there were, like, iTunes purchases, but I couldn't even buy the things that I want. And it was almost like gambling like not only if I wanted to have the suit or the power I'd be getting things that were random right yeah. is that essentially what the loot not exactly was? it's a lot more complicated and a lot of that is due because obviously back then it was different you know the different technology different atmosphere different social environment there was a lot of things that were radically different than what we got now the thing is is that really a lot of what's going on with the industry is that people and developers and studios need to make money ah. so they're trying to monetize different aspects of gaming and it not really so much impede on the experience even though that happens is really just trying to find better ways to not only keep them running but also try to allow them to do better and bigger things in a variety of different ways with loot boxes specifically so you got games like overwatch you got games like star wars battlefront 2 or battlefront you know as a series now and other games that have kind of implemented this way of like giving you random rewards because it's a way to pull you in to come in to play the game even more to try different things to see if you could get like that awesome loot like very similar to like games like diablo where it's all based around loot but as opposed to it just being stuff in the game there's other stuff that you you have a chance to get that will not only better your character as far as its look, you know, stuff that's other cosmetic stuff you could show to people on your profile, different things like that. But really, it's become an issue about, okay, are these becoming predatory? Are these becoming okay. much more impeding the like the core experience as opposed to just being something that's like the icing on the cake? That's really where the issue comes from. Uh, okay, all right. So that helps me understand it. Um, 
Okay, that thank you. You have now helped people <laughs> understand a no very problem. big issue that I've wanted to under, that I've wanted to know. Um, when it comes to games, you, you mentioned Battlefront. Yeah. We're talking, we're talking about games that are connected to movie franchises. Of course. I feel like we have tons of disastrous, or at least from my vantage point, there are many disastrous movies turning into video games and video games turning into movies. Of course. But as fan of both, I'm always dumbfounded because I'm I'm like, why wouldn't there be a great Star Wars game and why wouldn't there be an amazing World of Warcraft movie? I don't know, maybe that's a considered a good Well, one. that's the thing, you know, it has to be whatever game, whatever project in the right hands. Like, obviously, you're not going to get the same type of Star Wars movie for from, like, Uwe Boll as opposed to, like, you know, J.J. <laughs> Abrams or George Lucas, you know, or anybody else out there. Like, obviously, there's a difference in quality, you know. You could have the most amazing thing in the world, but if somebody has it and they don't know how to use it, you know, it's not going to go anywhere. Got the, it. That goes for both games and that also goes for movies. The problem with games going to movies, the adaptations of mo the, you know, of games into movies, so you like know, Assassin's yeah, Creed, yeah. Hitman, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter, you know, Blood Rain, The King of Fighters, you know, the list goes on. Now we're getting an Uncharted movie and possibly a Metal Gear Solid movie, which, you know, a lot of people don't want, you know, they want it, but they really don't want it. <laughs> the problem is, though, is that you need to have the right team in the right hands and also have a lot of reverence and a lot of respect for the source material. It's the same way of like what we got with a lot of comic book movies now, especially with the Marvel Cinematic Universe with a little bit of the DC Extended Universe and a lot of DC properties like Joker and other things out there that have such a respect and of an understanding, an intimate understanding of the source material that could actually translate well into, you know, a movie environment, you know, for that type of audience, that type of art form. Games have the luxury of more time. They have the luxury also of interactivity, which is what something movies don't have in the same way. You're watching a movie for about three, maybe four hours at the most like that, and then you're done. But it's whatever that the movie's presenting to you. You're not actually getting that feedback by actually you seeing an action. To, you don't have to pick what happens. You don't get to get, be in some sort of element of control. It's Games are a very different art form than any other entertainment medium out there. Different than music, different than movies, different than, uh, what is it, fine art, or any other stuff out there because there's that feedback from it. That's why it's a lot of great things you could get out of it, but also a lot of misconceptions about gaming as a whole. Okay, well, okay, so w are there times when a video game movie has come close or or really done it? Is there one that, like you mentioned Mortal Kombat. Yes. I remember where That's I, the closest I, one. I'm older than you, I think. I saw the original one in the theater um, in the Cavendish Mall in Montreal. I had it on VHS. I, up, <laughs> I saw the second one in theaters. With, that was not good. <laughs> with, with my best friend, and we were like, this is a mess, but we loved it, mm. and it was fun, and it had the good over here. It had the crazy, that music, which is iconic. You know, it yes. was so over the top, but it was iconic. You had French B-movie acting legend Christopher Lambert mm -hmm. as Highlander Ra as Raiden, which is insane. <laughs> For some reason, it worked because <laughs> he's the Highlander. Right, exactly, <laughs> the most insane like missed casting ever, but it worked exactly. And but aside from that, um, is there another one that you think got close or that people should check out? There's a bunch of different movies that have come up and based on games, but they've never really come close to like recapturing that same type of essence you got from the games as much as Mortal Kombat did. I mean, again, you look at Assassin's Creed, the story is radically different. It's tangential to a lot of what was going on in the games, which, again, they really diverge at some point. I mean, they, they have some similar elements there. Resident Evil is another one because that one's been going oh, on for such a long time. I liked, I saw the first Resident Evil also. I liked that movie a lot. But I that, thought that was but a that's cool a problem, movie. though. As cool as it was, it was a complete divergent from the games. Oh, like, really? 
really? It, was it wasn't even based on the first game. Resident Evil, as you know, the original Resident Evil movie was based on based off of Resident Evil Two and Resident Evil Three, which the second movie was more based off of Resident Evil Three. But that's my point: is that you know, as opposed to adapting and really borrowing a lot of elements from those movies to make it like a good adaptation of that story, or that source material. The problem is that Hollywood sometimes takes a lot of creative liberties because they're games, because they're stuff that is really underestimated by a lot of people that don't understand games. I mean, again, like I mentioned, we're gonna get a Metal Gear Solid movie. You know, why isn't Kojima, you know, Hideo Kojima, really involved with something like that? We're getting an Uncharted movie. Where's Naughty Dog involved with this? You Are know? these the people who created these? Hideo Kojima created Metal Gear Solid as a franchise. You know, Naughty Dog is the development studio for PlayStation that created the Uncharted franchise. You know, those are the minds you should be going to, talking with, having involved with the process of making these movies. You don't want an Uwe Bolt, and I keep going to Uwe Bolt because he's easy to pick on, but like, you don't want his like interpretation of what these games are. So I gotta, I'm with you so much. When you talk about why the Marvel Cinematic Universe has mm -hmm. been successful, yeah. even with the misfires, it was made by people who love those who care, characters. Who really care. Love. Like, like Iron Man 2 is an example. It's maybe one of the worst movies in the whole series. In the MCU, yeah. In the MCU. But, but like, even then, it has some gems because Favreau respects and loves the things he works on. Mm -hmm. And and I think that like even that one's a mess. Like you can tolerate it in the rest of it because it was done with love. Now, a movie that my pod, uh, my dear dear sisters and my podcast <laughs> listeners um, uh, hear me complain about all the time is the Last Jedi. Because yeah. I firmly believe this is the only time I go go fanboy negative. By the way, is about <laughs> this. It's like borderline. Go in. <laughs> it's just that I firmly believe that movie felt like it was made by someone who hated Star Wars. And hated Star Wars fans. I think it's more hated Star Wars fans than hated Star Wars. I think that they like Star Wars, at least, and again, we're talking about Last Jedi here. Yeah, Last specific, Jedi. Yeah. You know, uh, specifically, they hated Star Wars fans, or at least had something to say very meta about Star Wars fandom. I think that was where the problem was. They got caught up on that and trying to push these other, like, you know, ideas and stuff. A lot of people say narratives and other, like, other crazy terms and stuff, but really, they got away from trying to tell a good Star Wars story, a good science fiction story, a science fiction adventure. Exactly. It's a space opera. Mm -hmm. And and also, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think, you know what? That's you the best way to put it. Me. This has been a long therapeutic journey, and you have helped me forward on that. Um, and I think I wish for people who who, who want to see a video game movie made that you got to have, whether it's the creators or you got to have people who love it, make it. Maybe, maybe generationally speaking, when the kids who are playing these games and defining the, the, consu the consuming of these games are the kids in charge you know like that's what's like starting to happen now though I mean they're a perfect example that isn't necessarily a movie but a series that was done on Machinima and then went to Go90 and stuff was the Street Fighter Legacy series or the oh, Street yeah. Fighter Assassin's Fist I'm sorry like basically it was the story or the origin story of Ryu and Ken from Street Fighter 2 and it was them training you know trying to learn the ways of Hado and Hado Ken and all that stuff and they had Akuma involved it was really good Street Fighter it was a good basis for the Street Fighter Alpha storyline that's basically that origin story but adapted into real life and kind of leading into Street Fighter 2 The World Warrior. That was done by people who not only cared about the game, understood the source material intimately, like based off the games, based off the mangas, the comics, and all this other supplemental material, but blending into something that still really had a great reverence for those characters in yeah. that world. Yeah. That's a perfect example of that, but you don't get that all the time. Because I got to tell you, Jean-Claude Van Damme and Raul Julia, oh, no. that movie... I love Raul Julia. He committed. He was really committed to the role. There's but... so much I love about that movie, but it is like one of the most horrific things ever. There, it's just... It's just it's it's so bad that it's good type of thing. And you can say the same thing about the Super Mario Brothers movie. That was done by people who didn't understand Super Mario Brothers. Like Nintendo oh, that is put a lot of, of faith. They put a lot of faith ever. in that in those that director duo, I think it was at the time, but also the people that were just creating that movie because they wanted to make a Mario Brothers movie like Blade Runner. It's like, you have you played Super 
Super Mario Brothers, it's really colorful. There's no Blade Runner vibes at all in there, yeah. but that's what's happened. Though. Yeah, they're like, can we have Dennis Hopper play King Koopa? I mean, I love Dennis Hopper. He's cool. I, I love so all crazy. those characters. I love everybody that was involved with it, but that was not the type of movie to make. So, <laughs> you you are so right on so so many levels here. It's um, insane, man. Yeah, you you you, you really want to see so. If you could have a video game movie made, mm-hmm. which is the property out there that is deserving? And then whose hands would you put it in? Oh, man. Like, it's very hard because, again, you don't know. Even though the greatest directors out there, like James Cameron, like, or any of these other, like, you know, crazy science fiction actors and stuff, you don't understand, you don't really get, like, their handling on games because a lot of them look down on video games. I mean, look at the, some of the stuff that happened with Marty, Marty Scorsese. Like, he was really, like, commenting on, like, a lot of the MCU stuff. Oh, yeah. They have this outlook. By the way, I got a few words for Martin Scorsese. What's up? I mean, I like, Mar- I just let me riff here. I, you know, <laughs> I, I like Martin Scorsese. He's awesome. He's he loves amazing. cinema. He's a brilliant. Legendary director. But I would say, like, I like half. Little pompous. I like half of his movies. Like, okay, maybe that's, yeah, that's not something a film buff shouldn't say. Like, look, No, that's fair. I De- think it's fair. Departed, one of my favorite movies ever. Goodfellas, one of the greatest movies oh, yeah. ever. Hands down. Um, like, Casino is just, like, a bludgeoning to me. Like, it's, it's, it's a good movie, but, like, that movie is really summed up by that horrific murder scene in the cornfield. Yeah. That's what that movie feels like to mm. me. I don't love everything that he's ever created. Taxi Driver is Ta- another one that a lot of people talked about now recently. Yeah. Or at least the, what is it, um, the, not the comedian, um, I forgot the name of that joker. King of Comedy. King of Comedy, yeah. Yeah. Taxi Driver is a movie, by the way, as a kid, I did not like at all and I did not get. And I don't know <laughs> if I would get it now. But, like, you know, I, I think it's really rich and odd of him. Especially when, A, if you love the film industry... You should love all films. People are going to the movies to see these movies. Exactly. If you believe movies should be in the theater, guess what? They're in the theater. Comic book (laughs) movies are helping. And they're a thing. Yeah. And, And also, like... Movies change, like the spirit of movies changed. You know, you grew up in the '80s. You had the blockbusters, and you had the the kind of crazy sequels that were coming out all the time. You know, and and now comic book movies is the thing. And that's my point, though, with all this. You know, to relate it back to what we're talking about, it's just that these directors are great at making movies. They're great at their craft, but just because they're great at their craft, it doesn't mean they're always going to understand the source material or the types of other stuff that's out there outside of just film. The problem is, is that you need a director that understands games or like why games are so good to people. just the way that they play but also the worlds that they create and then take that and try to translate that into film and i don't think we really have a lot of directors out there if not one out there now that really understands that we have great movie directors that do great stuff from like comic book adaptations tv show adaptations and all these other stuff but like we've yet to find that person with games so i don't even think i could really pick one that that, that's amazing all right jj thank you so much for joining the friday night movie family appreciate it please tell people where they can follow you uh, your journalistic work, your YouTubing, of all of your different projects. I am all over the place. I'm in a bunch of different places, so bear with me. It might be a little long. I'm on YouTube, youtube.com slash channel. I put up videos every single week. I put vlogs, reviews, podcasts, interviews, convention coverage, tons of stuff. I'm also on thecoalition.com, www.thecoalition, with a K, by the way. Not a C, thecoalition with a K, dot com. I write all the time. I do reviews. I do previews. I do interviews. I do unboxing videos. I do podcast shows. I am doing a ton of stuff there i also have a weekly podcast called boot up a video game podcast i post up every week with my friend taylor lyles we talk about the gaming news all over the place it goes up every monday in the morning so you guys can check it out throughout the week or you know on during your commute and stuff there's a lot of different things that we talk about there and then finally i'm also on instagram instagram.com slash gamers with gains where i post up stuff literally daily multiple times a day so you guys can check it out well pleasure having you here with friday night movie can't thank wait you. to hang out at the con with you Appreciate take care it. thank you all right bye-bye 
You have been listening to the Friday Night Movie Podcast. Thanks so much for being a part of our Pottern family. Remember to listen and subscribe to the show everywhere that you get your podcasts. And of course, follow us on social media at Friday Night Movie on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks again for listening.